Welcome into your favorite hour of the week. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio. Pete Sweeney here, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, hanging out with our film and draft analyst, Kent Swanson, a couple days now after the Chiefs' first loss of the season. Now that the few days have passed, Kent, I, how are you feeling? Uh, not great. I still like I, anytime I think about the offensive line and Patrick Mahomes ankle getting rolled up on, I just get a little bit more irritated. We'll try to we'll try to calm down for the next hour, though. Yeah. You this week on the Arrowhead Pride podcast channel really got into it. We called it <laughs> Chiefs to because there were obviously a lot of problems in the Colt game. And uh, Cam Irving took the brunt of your criticism. Right Cameron now. Irving is so ungood at football. And everyone that was trying to tell us, well, he's the good pass protector. No! <laughs> the Arrowhead Pride podcast channel. That is not the <laughs> Arrowhead Pride podcast channel. This is Arrowhead Pride Radio. We're presented by Village West Discount Liquors. If you want to get involved tonight, we will have a live mailbag a little bit later, 69306. We've also talked uh, with Colin Saunders, who had his NFL debut against the Colts. Didn't go great, but you know what? He was really honest uh, in our interview. That's coming up in the second half of the show. We'll talk to Battle Red Blog as well and Craig Stout about this Chiefs defense. Battle Red Blog, by the way, is the Texans SB Nation site. But right now, let's start with some Chiefs news. And I think the biggest news, unfortunately, for the Chiefs is the injury report. There are 12 Chiefs listed on the injury report starting today as they prepare for the Houston Texans noon arrowhead time on Sunday. Tyree Kill and Anthony Hitchens are both limited. Uh, five Chiefs are not going to start the week. Eric Fisher, Chris Jones, Dorian O'Daniel, Sammy Watkins, and Andrew Wiley. Uh, they didn't practice on Wednesday. Fisher and Jones... Uh, likely won't practice all weekend. We'll miss the game based on everything we know. O'Daniel, Watkins, and Wiley are the ones worth monitoring. Uh, Kent, of course, really focused on Wiley because of Cam Irving being next. He <laughs> needs all the help that he can get. Yeah. Uh, but let's focus on Tyree Kill, right? Because that's the guy we've been waiting to play. Andy Reid uh, asked today, could this be the week that Tyree Kill finally plays? I think this is just a time thing. We'll, we'll see. He's going to work this week and, and – uh, We'll see how he see how he feels. You know, we just uh, it's one of those things. So. You anticipate uh, Tyreek being a full participant? Today? Yeah, I mean he's been doing that the you know the last I don't know if that okay, if there's a term full, but he's well maybe that's how they turn out. I, I don't know what <laughs> I didn't know there was, he's out there working. You know, whether it's scout team or with the guys, he kind of did a little bit of everything last week. So I presume this is pure how he feels and. This isn't a real common injury in the NFL, right, right. so uh, we're just trying to make sure it's right and uh, our medical people are. But, but if you leave it up to him, he'll tell you I'm ready to play outside. Yeah, but they do all of you know the MRIs and all that stuff. So I mean, they, they're looking at that. I'm I'm not, and uh, thank goodness, right? Bigger news: Tyreek Hill beginning the practice, or the fact that in 20 years Andy Reid doesn't know what a full participant. <laughs> For this week, it's actually the Tyreek Hill piece. Uh, the Chiefs absolutely need him. It's there's there's no doubt about it. If you saw anyone outside of Byron Pringle at wide receiver trying to create separation, they were incapable of doing it. And they need this guy back to help Patrick Mahomes try to solve uh, the the issues that they're having on the offensive side of the ball. Tyreek Hill hasn't played from week one as he deals with that rare injury, the shoulder clavicle thing that I'm not going to try to pronounce. And uh, you hope that he comes back because the Chiefs obviously need him. Mm -hmm. uh, the opposing defenses have gotten the better of the Chiefs with this man-to-man -man coverage, which we'll get into uh, in a little bit. Um, 
I, I, I think they just missed that separation and that that ability to just draw all that attention away from some of your other key guys. I saw someone on Twitter this week, uh, our guy Country Boy. He mentioned something I thought that was kind of interesting. Is I, Tyreek Hill how he helps the run game too? You know, he eliminates somebody uh, from the box at times. You got to try to play with a little bit more help over the top. Uh, and and I think you know some of the stuff that they do with him on the motions and 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 faking it to him and, and him running around back there, I think that helps the run game too. So I, he's just such an important piece, especially with so many guys struggling right now to to get open. He, he, he really could help this team in a lot of different ways just with, by his presence. So as we talk to you here Wednesday, Tyreek Hill limited for the fourth practice in a row. I think a key day is tomorrow. I think if he has a full practice tomorrow, then it's a pretty good sign that he could go on Sunday. You, you got to think that they're building up to this thing. We might have buried the lead. Patrick Mahomes is still dealing with this ankle injury. Patrick Mahomes talked about it today. Yeah, I actually feel pretty good today. I, I feel like after the game, I mean, it was sore after the game, but it, it's feeling pretty good today. And so I'm glad to get be able to go out there and practice on it and get it moving around and stuff like that. But it, it's it's definitely, I feel like I'll be fine playing and moving around and still doing what I, what I need to do to win. When you say pretty good, I mean, is it as good as it's been maybe since before the original injury? or? or? I mean, it's, it's not perfect I would guess I guess you say that but uh, it's, it's good enough that I feel like I can still run cut cut off of it and do all that type of stuff I don't dig into the film as much as you do Kent so I'll let you provide some smart answer here in, in a second but what I see so far since the injury occurred which was also week one is that Patrick Mahomes has been starting games and looks to be okay at the beginning because they've built up for the week it's just after he takes a hit or as you got mad about Cam Irving backs into his ankle where you start to worry, is this guy a full go? Is he the same player as he deals with this thing? You saw the first quarter and a half of the game against the Colts. He looked like the same Patrick Mahomes we're used to. The touchdown that he threw where he was changing direction, right. he was moving around, he's running around, and he gets you know away from, from a rush, and he's able to run away and do the things that he's capable of doing. You saw all that. Right. And then... You know, he got rolled up on, I think, Kamoko Ture, the edge from the Colts, got him and rolled up on him. And then Cam Irving really aggravated it, re-aggravated it, and stepped on his ankle, and he just was not the same guy. And it's really irritating and frustrating to see that happen because the, I think Chiefs fans and, and, and the National Football League has got to see him at full strength for like two quarters, like really looking normal for like two quarters this season. And it was spectacular. And then the rest of it has been him kind of playing like he's 36 years old. And it's really frustrating that we haven't really got to see much of the of the stuff we're used to with Mahomes. By the way, uh, Ken, uh, do you think Cam Irving should be on this team? No! Okay, well, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's up for debate, I guess. Uh, other news, uh, as we worry about Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill, the Chiefs signed two players for depth reasons. One of them uh, will be in charge of protecting Pat. Uh, the first is defensive tackle Terrell McLean, a nine-year veteran, really, I think, just on the team to fill out the position. The second is offensive lineman Stefan Wisniewski, Originally a second-round pick by the Oakland Raiders, he could end up uh, starting at left guard on Sunday because the Chiefs have now gotten rid of Ryan Hunter, who just wasn't going to cut it. I asked Reed, could we see Wisniewski there on Sunday? Uh, well, he's capable of doing that, yeah. I mean, it's a matter of just getting in and learning right now, but he's played a long time in the league. Been a starter guard, been a starter center. I guess, I guess people will be ready after three days. Yeah, no, he could be, you know, he would be ready if needed, yeah, yeah. I think we just give him a chance to learn right now. 
a key here, and I know a lot of people were upset that Jeff Allen wasn't back with the Chiefs in, in that C.J. Spiller role. A key here for Wisniewski <laughs> is he spent 2016 to 2018 with the Philadelphia Eagles under none other than Doug Peterson. And so he has a little bit of an advantage of learning this offense in three days. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's a coincidence that the guy that they wound up signing has some experience with the terminology of, of Andy Reid, of Doug Peterson. I don't think that's an accident at all. And normally, you know, you sign a guy off the street, you don't expect him to be able to step in and play. But did you see Ryan Hunter this week? It was... Very bad. He, he he made Cameron Irving look like Trent Williams. <laughs> oh, that's that's uh, that's a little far, I, I think. But yes, I, I think the Chiefs actually also saw that film, and that's why he's no longer with the team. He he's waived. Xavier Williams also added to IR, so now there's going to be focus on Derek Nadi and Colin Saunders, who again we talked to one on one in the locker room today. But again, back to his newski. Uh, he was asked in the locker room about learning this offense rather quickly. You know, I'm learning as fast as I can. Um, luckily, the um, offense is very similar here to Philly. Obviously, Doug Peterson came from here, worked for Andy Reid for a long time. So the offense is very similar. Um, hoping to be able to pick it up um, you know, really fast. I think you look at the two sides of this football team right now, offense and defense. We'll throw out special teams and your boy Dave Tobe for a second. <laughs> uh, so w- on offense, the obvious problem is – beating man coverage, which I think we know. And on defense, it seems like the obvious problem is stopping the run to start. And then once you do that, then we can worry about the secondary again. Is it as simple as just saying, though, if this team gets healthy, things will just go back to normal and and they'll win as they're supposed to win, which is with Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins and maybe a healthier Mahomes uh, outscoring teams. You know, you get some of these defensive players back. I mean, it may not be for a while, but Chris Jones, and you could plug up the run a little bit better. Is it just having to maintain, a, and I hate to say this, a 500 record over the next six six weeks until you can get everyone back? Oh, I, Pete, I don't like I don't like to be that defeatist. I I think that they can win more football games, and I think they can win more football games than than you know three of the next six, even if Mahomes is hobbled. Uh, but I do think the injury side of the uh, of the conversation is pretty important. I think if Patrick Mahomes is at full strength for the for the entirety of that Colts game, they win by ten points. I think that's ultimately what happened. Uh, but I still think the team. I think the Chiefs can manage his injury the next six games and, and maybe win four of the next six. Maybe even. I mean, if 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 things kind of trend right, maybe five of the next six. Just can't lose any more players if they continue they to can't. lose players. I mean, you're looking a little bit like the LA Chargers right now. I hate to say it. But their seasons get screwed up by this every year. And this is the first time in a while I think you're seeing it for the Kansas City Chiefs. Something to be concerned about. Um, But we will just have to see uh, how this goes. Uh, Coming up next, Travis Kelsey spoke today on his big moment with Eric Biennemi that was caught on national television. Plus, Craig Stout, our defensive film analyst, helps us break down the problems with this Chiefs defense. That's next on Arrowhead Pride Radio, presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio. It is Houston Texans week. The Chiefs hosting the Houston Texans, looking to get back in the wind column. First time we've said that in a long time. <laughs> Not used to this. This is this is a new feeling. In just a few minutes, defensive film analyst Craig Stout will join us on the line to talk about uh, the Chiefs defense as a whole, especially the Chiefs run defense. But right now, I just want to discuss and kind of put to bed this Travis Kelsey, Eric Bieniemy thing. Travis Kelsey was seen on NBC cameras over the weekend um, 
pushing <laughs> Eric Bieniemy. Uh, this was after Kelsey was dropping passes, nearly fumbled uh, Bieniemy probably in his face about holding on to the football, which you can expect. I think the football coaches at every level uh, stress that. But again, Kelsey shows Bieniemy. He then later is seen hugging him on the sideline. He addressed the media about it today. I mean, we're good. We're, uh, we're we've moved on as a team from last game, um, and. You guys got to understand, me and Coach Bienemy have a very close relationship. Um, I love him. He, he's helped me out tremendously as a person, as a professional, and uh, I'm sure he'll keep doing that throughout the rest of my career. Um, and just what happened on the on the sideline, I mean, sometimes football, you get a little heated with your brothers or, or your coaches, and, um, you know, sometimes you just got to rally the family together and, and let everybody know we're in, the, we're in this together to, you know, win a game. And, uh, and sure enough, we were able to bring it together there and uh, I mean you guys saw me hug him afterwards I mean I love that guy and, and that'll never change and I appreciate him always being on my tail to get me going if you want to see the winner of the PR award for answers tomorrow <laughs> tune in to Eric Bieniemy's press conference <laughs> when he is asked about this issue with Travis Kelsey it will be the best non-answer in history because Bieniemy is very good at that and very that's good. probably why he'll be a head coach in just a few months but uh, it seems like that's been put to bed. What I think was a bigger concern with me with Kelsey today was a question that he was asked about whether or not he w- he and the Chiefs were ready for man coverage against the Colts. No, but about after the first quarter, we knew what we uh, we had in front of us, and um, and we just got attacked. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. And in the in the NFL, you had just been almost beaten with a man coverage game plan, and you didn't expect it, it seems like it all. One more time, Ken, I'll let you, I'll let you talk. No, but about after the first quarter, we knew what we, uh, we had in front of us, and, um, and we just got attacked. That sounds awfully similar to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, and I think the Chiefs probably anticipate a little bit of man coverage from the Patriots, but Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator for the uh, Colts, very drastic game plan. I saw something along... The lines are basically 20. Do you, you have that yeah, stat? Yeah, I, I got it set. Uh, per pro, pro Football Focus, the Colts ran man coverage on 73.3% of their defensive snaps during the 1913 ups, upset. The highest percentage of man coverage they had run in the game since the start of the 18th season was 25.6. So, I mean, I think the Chiefs did their homework, but I think they might have just overthought it. And they kind of said... Well, Everflus just doesn't do this. I mean, I think you're going to see this a lot more often is teams completely change their identity and and be because I mean that's that's not what the Colts had done a lot of. Uh, they've obviously they play a lot of zone coverage. They play a lot of cover too. You saw them trying to just completely change their identity, like a Bill Belichick has done in the past against certain teams. I would not be surprised if moving forward, if you don't have Tyree Kill specifically, yep. Teams are going to alter their identity and challenge you because the Colts challenged the Chiefs with their fifth and sixth corners, right? And their backup safeties, like they they've they've had so many issues. Shaquille Taylor from Kansas University, undrafted free agent, came off the off the practice squad and played and played well against your team because your your receivers couldn't separate. Right, and, and I think Kelsey realized that, and, and they understood what the game plan was in the first quarter, couldn't do anything about it. And he actually told me, he was he said, that was one of the most frustrating games I've had in a long time. It was visible, and, and this week he says they're coming with a different mentality. Uh, just the aggression. 
I mean, we know what we're going to get. Uh, they slowed us down last week with with man-to-man -man coverage, so we know we're going to get uh, quite a bit of man this week. At least we would assume. Uh, so we just got to be ready for it. In Kansas City, we make fun of the New England Patriots for this all the time about saying bet against us. <laughs> the Chiefs have that going this week, yeah. and I think they need it. I, it feels like a real bet against us week, and I'm interested in seeing if we get back to that offense no matter who's out there. I think Tyreek Hill might be out there, but no matter who's out there, I bet you see some offensive success this week because now they know they can be beaten. Everybody in that building on both sides of the football has been challenged in a different way than they have to this point because they, they have a loss on their on their record now. I mean, I think any time after a loss, you know, you hope you hope the Lions game comes and you see all the mistakes you made. You see how you 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 barely escaped a win, you know, uh, barely escaped with a win in Detroit. You see that happen and you know, you hope that's what you what you learn your lessons from, but no, this team didn't learn their lessons. And then the next week they had to come out. They thought they were going to come and steamroll the Colts on Monday Night Football. The Colts came out with a different game plan. They couldn't execute to save their life. They couldn't create separation. Shout out to Byron Pringle, the only one that did at the receiver spot. And and this is what you get. So now now the blueprint's out. I I bet you, I bet you you see more man coverage than than the Texans typically do next week. Right. I mean, there there are ways now to beat the Chiefs on film. Just do what has worked now the yeah. past two weeks until the Chiefs prove that they can beat it. Let's flip to the other side of the football and welcome in Craig Stout to the Arrowhead Pride radio presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Craig, you have your defensive film article up on ArrowheadPride.com right now. It's two hallmarks of the Chiefs defense that they can write home about. Let's start with some positivity. What are you seeing that's positive about the Chiefs defense? Well, I will tell you this. The Chiefs red zone defense appears to be fairly locked down. They are fourth in the NFL at 45% of the time allowing a touchdown. They went one of five, you know, forcing the Colts right. to kick four field goals this week. That's awesome they can get the safeties involved when they get a little closer to the end zone when they get there in the red zone we saw tyra matthew make a big tackle for loss this week we've just seen them tighten up and force field goals in most games you're going to give the ball back to patrick mahomes after giving up a field goal that's a major win unfortunately it wasn't this week craig a great defensive coordinator named bob sutton once told me they're not in until <laughs> they're in so just keep that in mind when, when you talk about that stuff what is going on with this run defense? We talked about it a little bit last week. Marlon Mack is able to come in and kind of have his way. What are you seeing? What is the problem here? The problem is just about everything, unfortunately. <laughs> There's no real one fix to it. The linebackers are a little bit slow. The stretch runs the outside tend to take advantage of those guys. Anthony Hitchens, Damian Wilson, Darren Lee haven't been able to get outside and stop those. That's why... When they get into the red zone, teams try those stretch runs against the safety, you see better results. When teams are attacking the interior, the interior defensive linemen, Derek Nottie, Xavier Williams, Chris Jones, Colin Saunders, those guys have not anchored well. They've been blown out of gaps inside, allowing you know some of these offensive linemen to climb up to the linebackers who may have made the right read, but then they get blown out of the way by these offensive linemen. There's just very little to really hang your hat on outside of Frank Clark in the run defense right now. Pretty much everybody's been poor. 
So, Craig, now that the you know the Chiefs are experiencing some injuries, Anthony Hitchens was limited in practice today. Chris Jones did not practice and will not play this week. There's there's injuries along the front seven. The the team that's coming in this week just lit the world on fire in the passing game. What do you expect the Texans to do this week? Because it seems like they can kind of just pick their poison. I was going to say, they can do pretty much whatever they want. They are a team that is willing to commit to the run there with Carlos Hyde. I think we'll see a lot of Carlos Hyde. I think we can see a lot of passing. The Chiefs quarterbacks are terrible at locating the ball in the air. They have, as you <laughs> like to say all the time, Kent, negative. That's like, that's like saying a mailman's bad at delivering mail. <laughs> yes. It really, yeah, it really is, but they are. So the the Texans are probably going to attack down the field with Will Fuller, with DeAndre Hopkins. Both of those guys can just high point over a lot of these cornerbacks. It's going to be a potentially very long day because they are explosive on offense and can kind of pick their points. They can take either way. You watch the Chiefs defense uh, more than anyone in the city. You have Carlos Hyde coming in. He spent the entire training camp with the Chiefs, and the Chiefs traded him to the Houston Texans. What's his line on Sunday? Oh, man. Uh, 15 carries for 89 yards and a couple of tutties, probably. A couple of tutties. Doesn't sound good. I, I, no, I, I expect that the Houston Texans are going to be able to pass the ball down the field. The Chiefs' <laughs> safeties are going to be able to stop them from getting into the end zone. So lots of short yardage stuff for Carlos there at the uh, there in the red zone. Craig, very quickly before you get out, is this a, a, a game in which Reggie Ragland should be tried in the mix here, or, or do you think it's just over for him? They, uh, they got to do something. I am I am 100% on board with Reggie Ragland at the mic and Anthony Hitchens at the will in the base. Get something different out there. What they're doing right now just isn't cutting it. It's Craig Stout. You can catch his wonderful review of last game if you want to put yourself through that right now at arrowheadpride.com. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, guys. Right now, you are listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio presented by Village West Discount Liquors. When we come back, we'll go into the mind of the Texans and visit with Battle Red Blogs. Matthew Weston, he writes for the Texans, knows all about them. Uh, We'll find out how the Texans put 53 points on the Atlanta Falcons and also my one-on-one from today with Chiefs defensive tackle Colin Saunders. It's all next. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com, here with my co-host and lead in film draft analyst Kent Swanson of AP. Chris Unocero helping us out behind uh, the glass. And right now, uh, I'd like to get a look at the other team entering this Sunday, the Houston Texans. And to do that, we welcome in Battle Red Blog's Matthew Weston, Matt uh, thanks for coming on with us tonight. Yeah, of course. I'm excited to talk to y'all. So, Texans, 10 points against the, against the Panthers, then 53 against the Falcons. <laughs> what, when you when you watch this game, went so damn right last week? Uh, one, it really helps when you play a bad defense. A lot of people don't realize how bad the Falcons are because they say, well, it's Matt Ryan, it's Julio Jones, they went to Super Bowl three years ago. Uh, how bad can they be? And you know, the defense was bad last year. It's bad. Never they went to the Super Bowl. 
they just force a bunch of turnovers at the right time. And this year, they're you know they're on the pass for so whatsoever. It's not from Grady Jarrett. Their run defense is pretty good, but they can't rush the passer. And then their secondary has been a complete mess since Cam Neal went down. But they don't know which coverages they're running. They blow coverages plenty of times. They're just like open guys that run free constantly. And you can have the Carolina, who's like a smart defense and well coach. Uh, they really did a good job staying in the rushing lanes. They blitzed well. They ran stunts well. They were able to create pressure. They were able to run zone coverages that really kind of like took advantage of the same sort of uh, rock combination that Houston likes typically run. And uh, it's like it's kind of weird with Houston where they've been on and they've been off each week so far this year. And how much of it last week was because the Falcons' defense is bad. It's difficult to tell. Uh, but there's a lot of good things, though. Like, they ran a lot of play action. They ran the ball fairly well. You think it's a pretty good run defense. The way it has. And the best thing they did was use DeAndre Hopkins will floor off of each other. It's really stressed the Falcons secondary to create one-on-one routes for Will Fuller, which he just like completely torched. And yeah. He had 14 catches for on, on 16 targets for 20-plus yards and three touchdowns. But, again, the Falcons are really bad, and so it's hard to extrapolate what they did last week for the, for the future. But, you know, good teams tend to be bad teams by a lot of points, and they do things like score 53 points in a game. Matthew, with a uh, AFC South opponent, uh, opponent and a you know the, the team that the the Texans were going to be playing the very next week, I'm sure you watch Sunday Night Football. You have to feel pretty good about the Texans' chances this week after watching that game, right? Um, it's weird because the te- like it seems like beat the Colts. Like you need to tackle well, you need to be able to create pressure, you need to like survive Mahomes being absurd <laughs> and like survive the big plays that they run, and you need to run the ball really well. And, like, Houston doesn't run the ball, like, that well. Like, they're inefficient with it. You know, Carlos Hyde had 20 carries for 60 yards. And a lot of rushing studs are going to be really skewed because Duke Johnson's broke some big runs. And Deshaun Watson usually breaks you and wants to scramble the game. It kind of inflates, like, you know, their efficiency and yards for carry, too. And But you don't necessarily want to play, you know, toe-to-toe shootout against the Chiefs. And you don't want to play against the best pass offense in football. Because as good as Deshaun Watson is, as good as pass offense can be sometimes, it's not as good as what the Chiefs can, can drum up. And so they're kind of like stuck in their spot where they, like that's what they're best at doing if it works well, is throwing the ball and getting, you know, uh, using Hopkins in four in space, using Deshaun Watson, pass protecting, you know, well, and that sort of thing. It's by like the way that the Chiefs is to slow the game down, run the ball really well, uh, take advantage of that front. But like Houston just hasn't had the offensive line and rough blocking. Yeah, even, even, even though they found like a, a set start five finally. You mentioned Carlos Hyde. It's interesting because he spent training camp with the Chiefs until uh, that trade at the 53-man roster deadline. He's rushing 4.2 yards per attempt. What are your impressions of Carlos Hyde? He's a lot better than he's been like two years or so. Last time he had a good year. I think this is last year in San Francisco before to Cleveland. And he just like I mean he just looks a lot more explosive. He's running a lot more power. Uh, he runs really vertical, but his vision's been good, too. And he's been able to break tackles in the backfield and uh, pick up a bunch of yards after contact. And even, like, as a short yardage runner, he picked up one third one conversion in Atlanta where the, the run blocking was bad, but he fell four for three yards. He had another uh, tackle in the backfield that he spun out of and picked up, you know, 11 yards on top of. So, you know, he's been a lot better than Shimmy. He's been being in Texas, it's like, number one running back. Duke Johnson's been their number two change of pace back who stood there and catch passes, but he hasn't caught that many passes. Houston's tend to go like five wide receiver sets with you know a tight end as a receiver, and three wide receivers and two tight ends and three receivers without like any running backs out there. Uh, even they're going to spread things out too. 
But yeah, I mean, like Hines been a lot better. That daughter's going to be. And this is coming from somebody who you know loved Martinez Rainey coming out of college. I was so excited when Houston drafted him, but they've been bad at developing offensive linemen. Now it's a set ranking this transfer high, but uh, I think it's worked out very well for Houston. I'm assuming your rankings become like a, a you know a Pro Bowl guard in Kansas City. Because all <laughs> they can do, all they do is you know develop offensive linemen. I think in Kansas City, we're just hoping maybe he plays next week with the offensive line kind of going down with a few guys. Yeah, I would love to see that. I, I really <laughs> love watching him play. Um, well, that is the voice of Battle Red Blog's Matthew Weston. If you want to follow him on Twitter, it's mbw987. Uh, BattleRedBlog.com is the Texans version of Arrowhead Pride. So if you want to check that out, out that uh, this week, you should. Uh, Matt, thank you for joining us, man. Yeah, of course. Well, that kind of gives you a little bit of hope there. You could tell that he wasn't buying into the fact that the Texans dropped 53 because he, he basically felt like the Falcons stink. Well, <laughs> I don't know if he has seen the Chiefs secondary. And I know people are really just kind of giving the Chiefs secondary a pass right now. Right. Because the run defense is so bad and because the offensive line is so bad and everything else is so bad. It could get real ugly for the Chiefs secondary next week. <laughs> Very quickly because the things that the, the Houston receivers can do with Will Fuller challenging down the field vertically. Hopkins is and, just ridiculous. And DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, by the way, one of the best receivers in football uh, who can high point a ball. Oh, it could uh, it could it could turn pretty ugly. That's the secondary for the Chiefs. Let's refocus on the defensive line <laughs> with Chris Jones possibly facing some time out here. Colin Saunders, the third round rookie, is going to get some burn this weekend. With that, we had an opportunity to talk to him in the Chiefs locker room today. Here's our interview with Colin Saunders. So, because of injuries and whatnot, and, and some of your progression, you got some extended time this past game. So what did you make of it? Now that you've kind of taken it in, gotten to look at some film. Um, I just uh, think that. Obviously, it's a little bit of adjustment as far as the speed, but, uh, you know, it was good to get out there and finally kind of just play and, you know what I mean, get acclimated to the speed in general because that's the first thing you got to do in, in order to get acclimated is be on the field. So um, I think that that helped a lot. And, and uh, you know, it's like I said, it's just really all about the speed of the game and, and adjusting to it. So that's what I learned. Where do you think you're at when it comes to adjusting, getting to 100%? Oh yeah, I definitely got a lot of room to improve. I mean, I think uh, you know any first year guy that that's coming out here this year um, got a lot of room to improve, no matter what pick you were or anything like that. So uh, I think that um, I, I definitely have a lot of room to improve. But I think it was a good start um, getting to play on Sunday and like I said, just getting to see how the blocks unfold and like how you know I get attacked from the old line and stuff like that, and uh, just getting a feel for a block because um, even if you're the strongest guy or whatever. You know, it's all about technique at this level, and um, you can potentially be the best guy on the field, and if you don't know what you're getting or what's coming at you, you'll be in the best position. So my main focus now is just learning how to identify stuff a little quicker. It's not really as much of the physical aspect. It's just more of, like, you know, the mental aspect of the game. How much does Coach Daly help you with that? Oh, he helps a lot. I mean, I uh, just spent, um, you know, actually a couple minutes after meetings talking to him. Uh, today, actually, about the Texans coming in, and you know, he he breaks down the tendencies of them uh, really well, and that just comes from being a veteran coach. So, uh, yeah, I think he helps a lot. Um, you know, just him knowing his stuff, it makes it easier on me because I can ask him questions and get clear answers. And we know Chris is going to be out for a little bit here. How helpful has he been as well? Uh, Chris been helpful from the start, man. As soon as, as soon as I got on the team, um, you know, he was in my messages and. 
uh, kind of helped me, guide me as far as just, you know, nutrition and uh, sleeping schedules, yeah. um, stuff like that, like stuff outside of football. And then obviously, since we've been playing, like uh, he kind of teaches through his actions. Like, you know, my, he might not just tell me directly, hey, do this, but then he'll do something, you know, and then I ask him about it, like while we're watching film and he'll teach me or teach me why he did it. That's really what it comes down to, like why you're doing something. Like like I said, it goes back to recognizing what block you're going to get, like what are you going to get attacked with. So he's really good at doing that and teaching me, um, you know, how to block recognitions and, and uh, backfield sets, stuff like that. In college, you were the guy. How hard was it just having to watch for the first two weeks and finally being able to start? Yeah, it's, it's definitely um, it's uh, challenging, um, you know, not – not necessarily uh, too frustrating because, I mean, these guys here, you know, that's just the reality of it. In college, you only play for four years, and, and here you play as long as you can. So uh, that's a big difference between college and the NFL. So um, you're, all, you're more of on a, on a timeline in college as opposed to the league. It's, it's really about your skill level, you know, if you're going to play or not. So, um, you know, it, it was obviously I want to play, but um, I, I wasn't ready. <laughs> like, just being quite frank, like, I wasn't ready. So. And uh, I still don't think I'm just completely ready, but I do think I'm making progress in the right direction. All right, well, good luck Sunday. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. That's third-run rookie Colin Saunders, who will get a bit of time in the lineup. And you can tell he's learning on the fly here. 33 snaps in the last game. That was 40% of the defensive snaps for a player who you can really tell feels like he's been thrown in the fire. Yeah, you, uh, you, hope, he's, uh, you hope he's ready this week. <laughs> it's another test, and it's a good front seven. You know, J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless come to mind. I mean, Watt seems like the old Watt, which is it's kind of scary on, on the Texans' defensive side. And then, you know, protecting protecting the quarterback, too. Interest, interestingly enough, I don't know if they matched up too much, uh, but Titus Howard and Max Sharping, both starting on the offensive line for the Texans, were at the Senior Bowl with Colin Saunders. Watching uh, him do flips. Watching him do flips. But, you know, I, I'm going to go see if I can find some cut-ups of those those matchups potentially. That's actually good. And I'd be good to uh, to tweet out on the old uh, Twitter. Did you, did you take any film of that? I'm going to see. I didn't take any, but I, I'm going to see if I can find well, some clips out there. do anything on Twitter then. Um, <laughs> when we come back, we'll find out what the national heads are saying about your Chiefs. Uh, plus, we'll hear from you. You can text us on the Protein House, Eat With a Purpose, text line 69306. Or tweet to Arrowhead Pride. We'll do a live mailbag to end the show. It's Arrowhead Pride Radio presented by Village West Discount Liquors. Arrowhead Pride Radio. Welcome back into Arrowhead Pride Radio presented by Village West Discount Liquors. About 12 minutes left, and we lead into our friend uh, Jay Binkley for Bink at Night. Uh, but right now, it's to go, or it's time to go around the nation and see what the national heads are saying about your Chiefs. The Chiefs! Wow! Patrick Mahomes! That's why! And we'll start with ESPN Stephen A. Smith, and, and he believed that there's a way to beat the Chiefs now that's out there. If you can get in his face, particularly when only pressuring with four, that really, really sets the tempo. I didn't anticipate that that's something that they would be able to do against Kansas City. If you're talking about neutralizing Patrick Mahomes, what's the two things to do other than keeping him on the sideline? You pressure him by still having enough dudes in the secondary in order to defend against his you know, his sniper-like capabilities as a passer of the football. If you can apply that pressure, but you don't have to blitz all the damn time to do it, then that sends a message to Kansas City, and they certainly were not the same looking at how the Colts attacked them. I can't believe I'm saying this. No, don't do it. I agree with Stephen <laughs> A. Smith. I mean, it, it's true. I like, you saw that. You saw the formula. If you can get home with four, 
it's embarrassing that you should be able to get, get that you can get home with four. I mean, that they can't. I don't want to. I don't want to dunk on Cam Irving anymore. I feel bad. But that that is the formula: play man coverage, play man coverage across across the board, rush four. If you can play, you know, that's a that's a that's a way to beat this football team. It, it is, and it, you saw it this week. It was embarrassing. Yeah, it's hard not to agree with that right now until you see otherwise. And, and and you're right. I mean, rushing four was working. Why would you rush anymore if you can get to him with four at this point? Uh, let's go to NBC Sports, Mike Florio and Chris Sims. The Colts have been using a lot of zone before last night, but they realized this is what you need to do. And that's how you coach winning football. If you're Frank Reich or any other successful coach in the NFL, you come up with a game plan based upon the opponent that you're facing. Sure. And you can't be too proud to ignore what has worked elsewhere right oh our system will work no what works is man sure don't try to play zone against these guys take them man for man especially without Tyree Kill Sammy Watkins exits maybe you can slow these guys down that, no matter what Patrick Mahomes is doing that, that's ultimately I think what leads them to go okay we can play man to man against these guys when you go no Tyree Kill you go okay maybe we can dabble in a little bit more man than usual and then you go oh no Sammy Watkins Let's get up in their face. Let's take away some of these plays. Our pass rush is pretty good. They've had some issues protecting lately. You know, let's see if we can, you know, make Mahomes pat the ball one, two extra times and try to get there. Um, but th- this, is, this is one of the things I worry about with the Chiefs, their ability to be versatile and come up with other ways to win football games. It's just like we saw last year. If the air attack isn't, you know, on you know, full steam ahead, then it's kind of like, oh, man, what are they going to do? The thing is, there there are no excuses in the NFL, and I know that. But the beginning of that conversation, I think Tyree Kill, there's a there's a decent chance he's back this week, which will change the game a little bit. And one of the things I asked Patrick Mahomes, I said, is it going to be an emphasis for you to get the ball out quicker this week? And he said, I have to, because he was holding on to it a little too long last week. And again, that may go into a game plan where you have a little bit more of these man beaters, quicker routes. Yeah, and you saw how how the Chiefs were trying to to have success against the Colts. They were way too vertically minded just way too vertically minded they weren't doing much to get guys running away laterally from from defenders and man coverage they weren't creating any any traffic any crossing routes there really wasn't a ton of that so it does seem like i think i I think andy reed got flat out out coached which is pretty obvious they weren't prepared for additional for for a heavy dose of man coverage they didn't have a lot of man beaters in yeah it it seems like so i mean i i think it's rare, but it happens. Every coach gets out coached. It happened did. on Sunday, and but so yeah, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to be utilizing the quick game more. The ball's gonna have to get out of Mahomes' hands. They're gonna have to be more prepared for man coverage. They're gonna have to get some more of their crossing, their rubs, their mesh, that kind of stuff. They're gonna have to run that stuff to to help free some of these guys because the guys that were doing it this week were were flat out incapable of creating separation. Get us on the mailbag six nine three zero six protein house e with the purpose text line. But before we do that, Kent, who is your survivor pick this week? I'm out. Because I'm an idiot. Oh, so, I, you you just like you ruined my joke. I was gonna. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. You're gonna ask me my pick. No, yeah, I was gonna ask you your pick, but I don't uh, have three outs in this this tournament. That's that's unfortunate. Uh, I don't feel great about it, but give me the Green Bay Packers this week against the Detroit Lions at home. They yes. are four point favorites. There was some. This, there's the there's Lions some, almost beat the Chiefs. I know, and I don't feel great about it. There's just there, a lot of the good spreads this week. I've already used the Cowboys. I've already used the Eagles. Uh, so I, I just, I'm kind of behind the eight ball here this week. All right, let's get to your questions. A live AP mailbag. Uh, Kent, what can the Chiefs do to improve 
the team via trades and, and we don't have to go exact players because we're still away from the trade deadline. We don't know who's available yet, but let's go positions. What position do you want to see? They next? still need to go grab a cornerback. I'm telling you, it's going to matter down the road. It is going to be, you know, the, the pitfall of this football team will be giving up yards in the passing game when it matters the most. They need to get another cornerback. They need a lot of positions right now. Defensive tackle now comes to mind. Tackle, maybe, maybe a guard, left tackle, maybe a linebacker. Receiver. But, but to me, it's still the number one need is cornerback. Yeah. I have to agree. Who do you think learned the most from the loss? Reed, Mahomes, Spags, or the fans? Uh, I, think, I think it's probably Andy Reed. Uh, Spags, I, I think they're still trying to piece some things together. I don't think the defense was ultimately the problem. Yes, there's some execution stuff. I think Andy Reid realized that he's probably going to be getting, you know, a little bit different than what he's anticipating every week now. I mean, I think the tar, I think you figured it out. Be a little bit more unpredictable. Run it. Flip, flip it on its head. More man, less zone, you know, that kind of stuff. I think Andy Reid is the guy. I mean, we just talked about it, right? I mean, it, it, you know, you heard Travis Kelsey. Did you think you were going to see man? The answer was no. no. <laughs> so who learned the most from that? Reid, to know that everybody's going to play man until you guys can prove you can beat it. Hill needs to be back, and I think that'll help things a lot. If he's not, they still have to have a game plan that could potentially work. There's no excuses. These games count, too. They just, there's not, it's not going to be like they don't count because you're injured. You know what I mean? Hey, Pete, the real show, Sweeney, which I appreciate because screw <laughs> Ron. Uh, would it be better to play the time of possession game this weekend to keep our defense on the field, off the field? No. You you got to go out and do what you do. I don't think you want to turn it into a limited possession game in case you see some of the things that you've experienced to this point. Try to replicate what you guys are good at doing, but maybe just be a little bit more man-minded, be a little bit more quick game-minded. You still can do a lot of things you can do. You can still challenge teams downfield. I don't want to play a ball ball control game i want as many opportunities as i can to score very quickly this from twitter we aren't a super bowl team this year that's that's the hot take going on. it's one week fellas i think you got to get to the playoffs and you need to you need to win the division if you can do both of those things and be healthy it, you never know once you get in the dance eric fisher it doesn't feel like one of these years where you're, ne- you're necessarily gonna have a dominant record anymore it, it's starting to not feel like that they're gonna try to have to figure some things out until you get a guy like Eric Fisher back, who I think could help a lot. If Eric Fisher's back, I think you can keep Patrick Mahomes a little healthy. Let him do what he's able to do. And if that's the case, then you're in it against any team with whoever you've got on the defensive side of the ball. One person on the text line says, defense, defense, defense. It would be nice to see the defense really step it up this week. They need a big performance from their defense this week. The, the secondary is going to get challenged differently than they have to this point. It is their most difficult matchup that they have faced uh, from a pass catcher standpoint, and it could get very ugly if you're not careful. That's the AP Live Mailbag. Get us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Pride, or you can hit us on the Protein House. You with the purpose text line 69306. Finally, it's time. Uh, for how I'm going to end the show every week, called the S Awards. Uh, stupendous this week, Byron Pringle, so-so, Tyron Matthew and Damian Wilson. And what stinks? The run defense. The run defense stinks. You had a lot of uh, a lot of people that you could have given to the, the stinks category this yeah, week. Yeah, well, you know what? I gave it to most of the defense. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Arrowhead Pride Radio. Thank you to Battle Red Blog. Thank you to Craig Stout, Andy Reid, and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, be good if your ankle uh, can be better. Please. Uh, Chris Unocero. Uh, thank you to Kent Swanson. This has been Arrowhead Pride Radio presented by Village West Discount Liquors. My name is Pete Sweeney. Get on ArrowheadPride.com. we got plenty of news today. Up next, it's Bink at Night with Jay Binkley. You're not going to want to miss it. Good night. <laughs>